Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe with our first programme of 2020. And on this week's show we look ahead to the brand new year in football and ask what your hopes are. Also, we focus on the issue of match-fixing and hear from a Zambian, Nshimunya Mwitwa, who was banned by FIFA for three years in a match-fixing scandal, resulting in him potentially missing out on a big move in Europe. Mwitwa now warns others about the dangers of match-fixing. We are just trying to help people uh, to come out, not really condemning or judging anyone. We're just trying to tell people that there are bad things that are ruin, ruining careers. And also we take a look at a recent interview given by Yaya Toure talking about his hopes for the future and talking about some major incidents in his career. So it's a brand new year and the highlight in African football will be the CHAN, the African Nations Championship in Cameroon in April. This was initially scheduled for this month and the draw is still to be made. This the Africa Cup of Nations but for home-based players only, with 16 teams taking part. Uh, The rescheduling of the CHAN means that the CAF Champions League has been compressed. We're already at the halfway stage in the group stage of this current edition. Meanwhile, in international football, the Euro 2020 finals will attract a lot of attention. And there's the Tokyo Olympics too, which will be huge. Much of Africa's attention will be on the athletics and on the football. In the men's football, the three qualified African teams are Egypt, Ivory Coast and South Africa. They were the top three at the Under-23 Africa Cup of Nations in Egypt. Uh, This is an Under-23 competition, but uh, at the finals, at the Olympics, you can also include three overage players in your squad. The women's tournament is for senior teams, and Cameroon and Zambia will play off for the one guaranteed slot for Africa later this month over two legs. The loser goes into a playoff against Chile. Also, we've got the qualifiers for the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations, the finals in Cameroon next year, uh, qualifying for the 2020 Africa Women's Cup of Nations finals, uh, taking place in November and in December. There's no host nation yet after Congo Brazzaville withdrew last year. The tournament has been expanded to 12 teams. And also to look forward to the knockout stage of the UEFA Champions League, plus we may well see Liverpool win the English Premier League for the first time since 1990. So lots to look forward to, and on social media we've been asking what your footballing hopes are for 2020. Here's Adrian Barnard. Well, thanks then, Steve. And uh, on WhatsApp, Hatab Sambu in the Gambia says, My hope for African football is that the game will be developed all over the continent and that our players will win the World Best Player Awards. I also hope that my national team, the Gambia, can make it to the Cup of Nations. Well, yes, and the Scorpions are currently well-placed at the top of their qualifying group with four points from two games as they seek their first-ever qualification to the Cup of Nations finals. To Cameroon now, and Usman Mohamed isn't optimistic about African football in 2020. I don't see any progress coming soon concerning African football, says Usman, but as for my club Manchester United, they are making me feel so happy these days and I foresee more improvement from them in 2020. And Abrima Jawara in The Gambia agrees. My hope for 2020 is that my club Manchester United will be in the top four of the EPL. They are doing good at the moment, and my hopes are high. 
As for my country, the Gambia, I hope we will qualify for the African Cup of Nations. And Tony Courier, also in the Gambia, has similar hopes. I'm hoping that it'll be a super 2020 coming for my national team, the Gambia, says Tony. Look at the standings right now. I hope they make it to the finals this time because they've never qualified before and I'm hoping they will make it. As for Manchester United, I'm hoping they have a successful 2020 after their recent ups and downs, so I'm hoping that next year will be a good one. And over in Malawi, Alfred Ndimba says, I wish to see well-developed, entertaining football. It will be a good year if our national team wins at least one tournament. And Ephrathar Kamanga, also in Malawi, agrees. I hope my Spurs will do better and my country will try their level best. Well, yes, it'll be interesting to see what impact Jose Mourinho can have at Tottenham as they chase at least a fourth place in the league to ensure a Champions League place next season. And uh, Malawi, too, have made a reasonable start in their Nations Cup qualifiers with one win and a defeat. That's in a tough group, which also features Uganda and Burkina Faso. And Bakary Tamba in the Gambia is someone else who has high hopes for his country. I'm expecting a big surprise, says Bakary, and hoping to see my country, the Gambia, qualify for the first time in the African Cup of Nations. On a club level, I'm hoping my home-based club, Rayel de Banjul, to be the league champions of 2019-20. To Nigeria now, and Kehinda says, I have a good hope for myself and for my country, Nigeria, in 2020, and also for my club, Barcelona. May God bless us all. Amen. I keep on trying in my football career, and I know I will make it one day. Yes, thanks, Kehinde, and all of us here at Planet Sports Football Africa send you our best wishes for your football career. It's not always easy, but keep persevering, and hopefully you will succeed. And as for the Super Eagles, well, they're looking good for Nations Cup qualification, with two wins out of two so far, which puts them top of Group L. Gemmo is a Cameroonian living in the United States. I would like to see Barcelona win both the UEFA Champions League and La Liga, says Gemmo. I'd also like to see the Lionesses qualify for the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games and put on an impressive show at the tournament. Lastly, I would like to see an African player win the Ballon d'Or. Well, yes, and in terms of the Olympic Games, the indomitable Lionesses are just one match away from reaching their target. They play Zambia over two legs in their final qualifying match, with the winning team going through to Tokyo. But the runner-up will still have a chance to make the Olympics if they can overcome Chile, who were runners-up in the South American group in the playoff. And finally, Desmond Tunde Coca in Sierra Leone says, My hope is to see wonderful performances from Liverpool, my country Sierra Leone, and other top football clubs. So, there you are, Steve. Well, for me, I think I'd like to see some teams qualifying for the 2021 Cup of Nations who haven't been there for a long time or maybe have never been there at all before. I just think what that would mean to fans of countries like the Gambia and Malawi, for example. And I think that would be great for African football as a whole. Any thoughts on that yourself, Steve? Oh, yes, I'd love to see the likes of the Gambia and Malawi getting there and uh, maybe Sierra Leone too if things go their way, but the Leone Stars bottom of their qualifying group at the moment. But uh, it'll be great to have a team emulating uh, Madagascar who reached the quarterfinals last year at the Nations Cup finals in Egypt. Thanks a lot, Adrian. Let's hope that some footballing dreams will come true this year. 
Well, this week on social media, asking which teams do you think will be relegated in the English Premier League? It's been a busy couple of weeks in the Premier League. Liverpool now in a virtually unassailable lead at the top. Down at the bottom looks set for a great fight in the second half of the season to avoid relegation. So which teams do you think are likely to go down and why? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Which teams do you think will be relegated in the English Premier League? Well, Watford made a really bad start, but they're starting to gain some momentum under their new manager, Nigel Pearson. Not looking too good right now for Aston Villa. Here in Zimbabwe, we're rooting for Villa because they've got a Zimbabwe and marvellous Nakamba uh, playing in midfield for them. So which teams do you think will go down? We'd love to hear your thoughts on social media. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, our first show of 2020. Now, match-fixing in football has hit many countries in Africa and around the world in the past 10 years or so. What FIFA now calls match manipulation has its roots in international betting syndicates who pay officials and players to win or to lose a game, often by a certain scoreline, or to score or concede at a certain time, or to manipulate a game in some other way. Now, back in 2011, seven Zambian players involved in a match-fixing scandal in Finland were given suspended jail terms. They were convicted of accepting bribes of $15,000 to $57,000 each to affect the outcome of matches. The Singaporean man at the heart of the investigation, Wilson Raj Peramel, was sentenced to two years in prison. Peramel also masterminded a match-fixing operation here involving the Zimbabwe national team between 2007 and 2009. Well, I met one of the Zambian players here in Harare. His name is Nchimunya Mwitwa. He now has a passion for warning others about the dangers of corruption and cheating in sport. Mwitwa learned the hard way. While he didn't go to jail, he was banned from football for three years by FIFA, and this at a time when top clubs in Europe were believed to be interested in him as a tall, skillful striker. Mwitwa was unable to revive his career and went into coaching and set up a foundation to warn others about the dangers of match-fixing. In this in-depth interview from two years ago, Mwitwa first explained to me how he got caught up in match-fixing. When, when we, we were uh, involved in the, in the match-fixing, yeah, we, as in Africa, where you find when you play very well, you are given money, uh, just from soccer fans who are happy with the way you were playing. It's an African thing. For me, it was a normal thing. But when I was, when I was in Europe and then I was playing football, there was a time we said we want to win the league so that we can go in the Premier League. Then uh, these people who were offering us money, we told them, we gave them a condition saying, if you want us to to get money from you, we just have to get money so that we can win games. And us, we saw it not to be a, a bad thing because I had this background in me that if you play well, someone comes and gives you money, it's, it's normal. And then we played so many games, winning, winning all the time and we were receiving money, not knowing that actually Anything that is not uh, in the contract, any money from an outsider, 
it's uh, it's wrong you you need to inform your 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 managers your employers you need to inform them and that's where it all started from we never knew but like they say that ignorance has got no defense in the courts of law i was ignorant about it but now i know better then from there we went to the court we were found guilty and then i was banned by fifa for three years i didn't play anyway until after the the ban was lifted but the time i was banned it was so bad for me i went into a depression uh, where my parents also had to advise me to leave my town to go and stay in another town because of uh, victimization yeah it was so bad then i think i went through a bad patch which um today i can say those wounds i i caught this from oprah winfrey that the wounds turn the wounds you have into wisdom then i said if i can try to make a difference and to live a free life i need to tell my friends who are in the sports industry that sport can be this cruel if you are on the wrong side of the law it doesn't matter like today if i start saying no i was unfairly judged i was i was put in the in the docket uh wrongly i would be lying to myself because why in the first place did i find myself on the wrong side of the law so that's why i'm trying to educate people that being on the wrong side of the law is not good so self sport uh, which is being uh, uh, sponsored by the norwegian olympic and paralympic committee uh, in, in cooperation with um, zoc the zimbabwean olympic committee they they came together and said let's run this in zimbabwe because zimbabwe also has been infected by this virus and it was affected in 2009 yeah it was affected so we are just trying to help people uh, to come out not really condemning or judging anyone we're just trying to tell people that there are bad things that are ruin ruining careers because if i was not found uh, involved in the match fixing scandal i would have played for the biggest teams in in the world because my coach used to tell me that i was so good even for for the finish league i was better than my agent uh, got me some teams which i was supposed to go and uh, sign for those clubs but unfortunately i was caught up in the match fixing you could have gone to teams like bayern munich uh, lyon in france they were interested in you my agent said he had he, he was talking to these big clubs that was uh, years back how true it is i don't know but my agent told me this uh, these things then sometimes i would i would picture myself playing for uh, big teams like i support arsenal and barcelona so i picture myself if i was not involved in match fixing i would have played alongside messi alongside um, thierry henry but 
my career was ruined because of being on the wrong side of the law. So you had a three-year FIFA ban. Did your career get back on track at all after that? Yeah, it did, but it wasn't the same because after the ban, I stayed three years without playing football. Three years is a long time for a sports person. I came back, I went to Uganda, went to, to Botswana, I played there, but not at, at the highest level. So as an African player in Europe, playing in Finland, why do you think you were targeted by match fixers to be a part of this? Yeah, in Finland, the, the wages there, they are not so big as it is in, in these other European countries. So an African, because of poverty here in Africa, sport has provided a way out. We get these managers who would provide a way out by sending us to Europe to uh, cheap, uh, cheap countries, cheaper countries, and then we sign a contract. And then whilst we're there, these uh, fixes would come. It is the, we are vulnerable as Africans to much fixing because of the poverty which is here in Africa. So when we are there, they would come, entice you with so many money, uh, and then who, who doesn't love money? There have been many other stories besides yours and what you went through. How would you say the situation is now concerning match fixing, not only in Africa but globally? Has it been dealt with? I've, I've got a book, The Global Report on Corruption, uh, 2016 by Transparency International. They are trying to combat, to combat match fixing. They are trying as much as possible. But it's not the case here in Africa. Here in Africa, it's not like how our friends are doing it in Europe. So that's why we are trying to, to fight it. By just making sport to be, to be safe. The countries like Zimbabwe, South Africa, uh, Togo, in Italy, I'm sure you, you know about um, Juventus when those teams were even relegated and docked points. So it's, it's global-wise because there's this, um, the, betting, the betting companies. What is there is the betting companies are not the problem because they are also here to make money. It's a, it's a business. But now the people who are greedy are the problem because they want money, lots and lots of money to themselves. So they will try to influence a game so that they can... Uh, reap and harvest lots and lots of money. So it's very courageous of you to stand up and tell your story to others uh, of what you went through and the mistakes that you made. What is your message for other sports people and for young people? To stay away from corruption. That, that's what I can say because what I went through I don't want to see any other sports person go through. Imagine the thing that you love the most. You can't do it for three years. I was lucky to be banned for three years, but others, they've been banned for life. Imagine a career being ruined because of being on the wrong side of the law. Then you stay the rest of your life trying to change your career. I think it's not good. Let us stay on the 
right side of the law and achieve what we want to achieve with our careers. So I wouldn't want to see any other person go through what I went through. It is not good. I was depressed. If I was not strong enough and my family being on my side, maybe I would even commit suicide. And uh, these big things do start with small things, don't they? Is this part of the problem? Even in our school sport, we do have cheating going on, and this can lead to bigger things. Yes, it's, it starts on the small things. Stealing money from your parents' space or handbag. At the end of it all, you find yourself now doing the big things. How did you manage to get your life back on track? Because you said you were going through depression. Honestly, my family was there for me. My wife was there for me. And um, Ona Janza, who happens to be the technical director of um, the Football Association of Zambia, he was there for me. And uh, Ponga Liwewe, who is now the general secretary of uh, the Football Association of Zambia, these people were there for me. When I was really down, they saw what was going on with my life, and I really appreciate what they did for me. My life got on track because of these people, and above all, God. God was there on my side. He didn't condemn me. He didn't judge me. He just said, you're still my son. What really got me going was I think I needed to change someone's life. So for me to open up and now go out and say, if you do this, you'll be caught. Please try not to, to involve yourself in these vices. I have seen so many people who are changing bits by bits. And for me, I, my conscience is now free. So helping others is, is a part of the process? Yes, it's the healing process one can ever get. Tell us a bit about your faith as a follower of, of Jesus. Uh, how did this help you through all of this? I'm a strong believer. I come from a Christian background. My parents are Christians. When I started saying I needed to change, my, my parents started taking me to church that if you need healing, you can only find healing in Christ. Look at Christ's life. Look what he went through. He suffered for you. So all these, what you went through, they're nothing compared to what Christ did. And then I received salvation. And God has just been there for me. In all things, he's been there. At the lowest point, he was there, my son, I do not condemn you, I do not judge you. Just forge ahead, look to the future. The past is gone, just look to the future. You say you received salvation, uh, how did that happen? Uh, I, I was baptized a long time ago, even before I got involved in all these things. I was baptized, but I never knew Christ the way I do now. After everything that happened to me, at the lowest point, that's when God spoke to me and said, I am your father and I love you. From there, I started reading the word of God and the word of God has really touched my life. And that's why I am preaching the gospel through sport. You had so much promise in your career. Do you still have regrets now? I can honestly say I live a life of 
no regret. What happened is in the past. I don't regret what happened. What for me not to regret what happened is to try and change someone else's life. Well, that's Nchimunya Mwitwa, one of seven Zambian players involved in a match-fixing scandal in Finland in 2011. He was convicted of accepting bribes to affect the outcome of matches. As we heard there, while the fight against match-fixing continues, Mwitwa is now playing a part in trying to encourage sports people to stay away from corruption. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can also listen to the show on our New Look website, that's planetsport.tv. Our other shows are there too, that's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby Podcast. Well, finally, on this week's show, we talk about one of Africa's greatest players ever. That's Ivory Coast Yaya Toure, who's now 36 years old and in 2019 played a few games in the Chinese First Division. He recently gave a very interesting interview. With more, here's Stuart Weir. He said, I want to carry on playing for a few more years, whether in the Premier League, the Championship. It depends. But then I want to be a manager. And so after that, I'll start doing my coaching badges. He says, I've always wanted to be the best at everything I do. I want people to think of me as a great footballer. I always wanted, as an African, to be better than European and Brazilian players. And I always wanted to be a good role model for everyone watching. And when I went to Manchester City, I said, I've come to win the league and make City one of the greatest teams in the Premier League. And everyone laughed at me. And look what's happened. I want to fill the room with my trophies. But my wife says to me, stop, you've got enough. But I love it. I love playing football. But winning is what really is important for me. I have to win. And then he said, "Um, I want some club to give me a chance. And I guarantee they will not be disappointed. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. He also talked about how important Africa is to him. You know, he recalled growing up barefoot in Ivory Coast and shining people's shoes to bring home a little money for his family, a big family of nine kids, he said. But when he goes back now, he says he feels there's a lot of jealousy, and he understands that a human reaction to his success, but sometimes it stops him from going back home. And he came up with a really fascinating idea about how can we make an African team win the World Cup? And his idea, probably in jest, is that we should have an all-star African team and not all the individual ones. Imagine a team, he says, with Didier Drogba, Samuel Eto'o, Salah, Sadio Mane, and all the best Africans playing together in the same team. Now, there's a thought. Yayatari also talked about racism, which, of course, is a big issue in football just at the moment. And he recalls when he was playing for Metalist in Ukraine that he played in a game and the crowd started throwing bottles, shouting, black people go home, black people go home. And it made me very angry, he said. But I didn't show the anger. I just scored two goals and that showed them. And that was in 2005, and it's terrible that we're seeing the same things in 2020. I watched the England-Bulgaria game on television, and it was unbelievable. Can you imagine that's still happening? And he feels that FIFA and UEFA need to do more, and he says, with my voice, 
I try to make them feel bad. Something has got to be done. A 65,000 euro fine is nothing. They laugh at it. The players on the pitch are earning more than that. And he thinks actually that England should have walked off. Uh, I'd love to see players walk off. You know, a lot of business would go down. The crowd would have a shock. But we have to educate them that they can be aggressive, but not to shout racist things. And another thing he suggested is that we need more black representation in UEFA and FIFA. And finally, Steve, you'll love this. Yaya Torre has finally told the truth about the great birthday cake scandal. You may recall how his agent said he was going to leave Manchester City because he was so disgusted that City had not honoured him on his birthday. Well, he says, the birthday cake issue damaged me a lot when people in Africa and France still say to me, did you really want a cake? I was so fed up with my agent because it was all him, not me. And now I say that I made a bad mistake tweeting about it, but people started to believe that it was me. And the fans reading this think bad things about me. But before the busy cake incident, I accepted my agent's antics because I respected him. But you have to give him credit too, because he's helped me with a lot of things. But the busy cake did not help me. Uh, Well, that was uh, one big controversy, wasn't it? Uh, Many thanks, Stuart. Uh, That's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, and from Stuart Weir and Adrian Barnard in the UK, thanks a lot for listening, and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.